Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's 2022, and NFTs are everywhere you look. But just how long can the hype last? Probably not forever, if we're being realistic. And what happens when it fades, and the world decides that your rare, valuable digital item no longer has any value at all. Emily Stewart, senior correspondent for Vox, to get a sense of what the future might hold for NFTs, you say we need to go back to the 90s and a toy that was all the rage. Yes, Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies were a huge deal in the 90s, if you think back. Where would you rather have a new car or Peanut the Elf? <laughs> you know, and they're not exactly the same as NFTs, but I do think that there are some comparisons. If you think about the height of Beanie Baby mania, a lot of people really thought that the toys would be the key to retirement or to college tuition. People thought that they were going to be Beanie Baby millionaires. I have um, probably 168 beanies. I still do not have a full set. It's very hard to get a brownie, and it's very hard to get a punchers with tags. And you're seeing a lot of optimism in the NFT market today, where there is this sense that prices are just constantly and forever going to go up and up and up. You know, the interest in both of them kind of has a sort of inexplicable nature to it, right? Why was anybody into Beanie Babies, which are stuffed animals? Why are people into NFTs, right? These little digital items. So let's go back to the 90s. Can you take us through the rise of Beanie Babies? Sure. So Beanie Babies were created by Ty Warner, who is this elusive billionaire behind this company called Ty Inc. And in the early 90s, he launched Beanie Babies. In 1993, there were nine. Lanes, the Brawl. Squealer, the Pig. They are kind of little sacks of beans that look like different animals. They had these funny names like Quackers, Nip, and Peanut, and they had these tags where the Beanie Babies had a birthday and a name and a poem attached. And if you think back to the 90s, it was really important to protect the tags. Um, at first, they weren't super popular, and then they really started to take off. There would be lines and lines outside of Hallmark stores for people to get new releases. Then people started to hoard these toys. You know, people talk about going hunting for Beanie Babies. Hey, you beaners out there in Beanie Land, this is the Beanie King. Hey, you looking for Garcia? We got him. Looking for the weenie? We got him. Looking for the three bunnies? We got him. Call the 800 number at the bottom of your screen. We buy, sell, If you think back to 1997, 1998, one of the big bears was the Princess Diana bear that was made after she passed away. Um... People really steal for Beanie Babies. There is one anecdote of somebody who who killed in a Beanie Baby-related incident. I remember when I was a kid, when McDonald's had the tiny Beanie Babies or the teeny Beanie, Beanie Babies. You can collect them all. Four classic sets plus two Beanies that are a total surprise. Oh, baby! That people would hoard them and hoard them and hoard them and buy a bunch of 
Happy Meals, essentially, for the toys inside and kind of throw the food away. Did you own any Beanie Babies yourself, Emily? Well, I feel like I'm I'm aging myself here, but I did have Beanie Babies. I would keep them in my room, and, and I remember just having like a bunch and bunch of them. And after a while, they started to disappear from my bedroom. And the speculation with my mom was that one of my friends was stealing my Beanie Babies, but it actually wound up that we had a mouse in the house that was stealing the Beanie what? Babies and hiding them away in our ceiling. How, how does a mouse carry away a Beanie Baby? I think it was a rat. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I was not I was not collecting for the monetary value. I think I was solely in it for just kind of having toys like you wanted that age or like a Tamagotchi or whatever else it was. The toy that I wanted, but I don't think I ever thought I was going to pay for college with with a Princess Diana bear. I grew up in the 90s as well and I had some Beanie Babies. It was like the cool thing to have if you were a kid, um, just as like a, a a toy that you couldn't really play with that much. But I still remember the adults being way more into it than than we were as kids. I also remember the McDonald's thing and had some of those Beanie Babies. And now for whatever reason, I'm wondering how long it's going to take for McDonald's to put an NFT in a Happy Meal somehow. <laughs> Probably on the horizon. Could happen. So I can't actually remember how much does a Beanie Baby cost or how much did it cost back in the 90s? And how did the value become so disconnected from that price tag over time? So when you were getting a Beanie Baby at the store, it was about $5. That was the point, right? That this could be something that conceivably a child could buy with their allowance. But what happened in the 90s was that Ty Warner really was able to pull some strings to create this sense of scarcity around the Beanie Babies. So he would retire certain ones that would drive up the secondary market. So, you know, maybe I buy a Beanie Baby at Hallmark. And then Ty Warner says, oh, we're going to retire that Beanie Baby. And suddenly somebody decides they have to have that Beanie Baby. And so I sell it to somebody else for 20, 30, 50, $100,000. And as a general rule in the Beanie Baby trade, Sort of the older and rarer, the better. When you think about the earliest Beanie Babies, those are kind of the more valuable ones today and back then. But even back then, it was really a a lot more tied to the excitement around them. Whether or not the Beanie Baby was rare didn't necessarily matter. I think it's also important to remember that Beanie Babies were kind of the first big internet fervors and that their rise coincided with eBay's. Uh, In March 1997, eBay auctioned off $500 million worth of Beanie Babies. That's a lot of Beanie Babies. I I talked to one lady, and she told me a story about how she'd sold three Beanie Babies for, I think, $1,000 in the 90s. And if you look at it today, those Beanie Babies are worth a tiny, tiny fraction of that. But I think that gives a nice comparison of what people were willing to pay for, again, these, these little stuffed animals that are kind of cute but don't really have any use to them. But even beyond that, people really believed that this was a bubble that that would never end, really, or that they would only go up and up and up. So when did the bubble burst? Sort of around the turn of the century, the market kind of fell away. Um, the toys were too mass produced. And so beyond the very early generations of toys that genuinely were somewhat scarce, most of the toys weren't rare. You hear a lot of people today say that they think that they have a rare Beanie Baby because it has an error on the tag. And what they don't realize is that even those errors were mass produced. And so people were left with these Beanie Babies in their basements that they kind of don't really think about, don't really worry about. 
I don't have my Beanie Baby collection anymore, but I know plenty of people whose parents and grandparents have them stuffed away in the attic somewhere. Well, looking back at the mad rush around Beanie Babies, I do see a lot of similarities to what's going on today in the NFT market. NFTs are scarce. Uh, They're cutesy, not particularly useful. Um, People are spending thousands of dollars on something that a lot of other people might consider completely worthless. So can we talk a little bit more about how we might be living through the 2022 version of Beanie Baby Mania? There's certainly a similar level of sort of unbridled optimism around NFTs and this rush to claim ownership over these relatively arbitrary items, kind of in this belief that the price of them will only go up and that this will last forever. Now, a lot of NFT aficionados will say that this is not true. And I've spoken to plenty of them who say there's no way that this is digital Beanie Babies. And and then a lot of them would tell me the same thing. You know, there's no sense of community around Beanie Babies like there's around NFTs. They weren't as high profile, that they're much more useful. And I think those people sometimes would probably benefit from looking back at the 90s. There was a huge community around Beanie Babies. People would go to conventions and trade shows and meetups. And they were. this is kind of the birth of the internet. They were super high profile. They were everywhere. Like Beanie Babies were inescapable. And so I think it's a little bit difficult to at least not see some comparisons. I did speak to one person who collects both Beanie Babies and NFTs. And he's actually working on a Beanie Baby NFT project where he would create NFTs out of the Beanie Babies and then you could own the NFT, but you wouldn't actually have the Beanie Babies. So it's a little bit funky, but it's an idea. At the same time, he told me when we were talking, he thinks the NFT moment is fleeting, just like Beanie Babies were. You know, he said, nobody's going to care about random JPEGs that might be selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars right now. And is he right? I don't know, but it's hard not to say NFTs don't feel a little bit, at least, like digital Beanie Babies. Well, hey, just because something's fleeting doesn't mean it can't be fun. Yes, Beanie Babies were fun. NFTs feel fun, I guess. But not fun if you lose a ton of money after the, the, the craze is over. So what does the fate of Beanie Babies tell us about the future of NFTs? You know, the market for Beanie Babies didn't vanish entirely after the crash. I really focused on for this story that I I worked on recently about what the market looks like today, Um, because there is one, believe it or not. It's it's tricky. The priciest Beanie Babies right now are kind of not the ones that, that people think of. Like, I hate to break the news to you about the princess bears that we all thought were going to be really expensive and that we see the fake eBay listings for. Those are not worth a lot. You know, one of the most expensive bears that that I came across was this one called Chef Robichon. It's a brown bear that wears a little chef's hat and it's cute. It was named for a chef who worked at a restaurant that Ty Warner owned. And just maybe like a couple hundred, it's not really clear, were given out to food critics and journalists who probably didn't care about these Beanie Babies. But according to some of the ladies kind of at the center of the Beanie Baby trade that I spoke with who make a price guide, they say that those Chef Robichon bears, if you have it, are valued at $6,000, $7,000, $8,000. Somebody will pay money for these things. Okay, I'll be honest. The Chef Beanie Baby does sound pretty cool. But I wonder... Who are the people that are still collecting them today and still paying thousands of dollars for Beanie Babies? Some of the people who are still collecting today are people who have been in the hobby 
for a long time. Uh, for this story, I talked to a trio of ladies called Karen, Karen, and Becky, who one of them is still collecting, but they really have stuck to the hobby for years. But one of the things that I found, at least in my reporting, was that it is a lot of sort of younger men in their 30s and 40s who are the ones who are spending a lot of money. I came to kind of fondly think of them as beanie brodies, <laughs> basically guys who are a little bit into beanie babies. And, you know, they say they're in it for the thrill of the chase, for a, a whole bunch of different reasons, but there is still a market there. It's just much, much, much smaller than it was in the 90s and and looks quite different than I think most people would intuitively think it would. But it's got to be thinking about, and this is something that's been kicking around my head a lot lately with NFTs and especially crypto becoming more mainstream, is the simple fact that money isn't real. You can buy things that are very much real uh, with money, but uh, the idea of money itself is sort of a construct. Now, did your time talking with folks about Beanie Babies and NFTs change the way you think about just the basic concept of what things are worth? It definitely did. Money is a little bit fake. Um, value is certainly fake, but the way that we value things has a lot more subjective to it. I guess in the way that you think about anything that you value, right? The most valuable thing to me in my life is probably not something that would be worth a lot of monetary value to someone else. Um, most of the people I spoke with kind of couldn't explain why they liked Beanie Babies or NFTs. They'd have different explanations. You know, well, it's the thrill of the chase or they are cute or I'm not actually attached to them. And I know a lot of the Beanie Baby people were really nervous that I was going to be judgmental towards them. But at the same time, like, if you like something and it's like a healthy hobby, why not just kind of enjoy it if it's a bored ape or it's a Beanie Baby, assuming that it doesn't bankrupt you. Emily, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This episode was produced by Taylor Macon and engineered by Christian Ayala. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening.